You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm so grateful we get to talk about the topic of the three C's of nonverbal communication today. This is such an important relationship topic, and we are getting into the nitty gritty research together. I'm so grateful for scientists like Morabian and Dr. Jeffrey Thomas and many, many, many others who have contributed so many great resources for us to grab here in this free-for-all moment together so that we can carry into our weeks with the absolute best intentions for healthy nonverbals. Because let's just be honest, sometimes the ways we grunt and groan and glare at each other are just difficult. And I want to make sure that we are shored up. (laughs) In addition to that, I want to be able to be absolutely genuine communicators with you. So now if you're listening live, this is Cyber Monday. So welcome to that. Hope you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I was able to have a wonderful feast with my sister, and that's in air quotes, Croatian sister Tanya, who is local family to me, but really not even blood relative to me, just we are friends who met down here. But she always reminds and invites me into my culture from my grandmother. And then I was actually able to see my father's sister, my grandmother's daughter, and she was speaking Croatian to me and my cousins from that side. And I am so, it's just this new season where they moved a little bit, uh, like an hour south of me. So It's really neat to have some family. It was really special, quite honestly, because you know how it is. Some of you gathered and went to families and friends' homes. And we also had friends over and Wes did a 5K and he never ran out of energy for those who are always keeping tabs on my type one hubby. And we just really tried to serve our community and love and also just rest and eat. So hope you're thinking of just how you're creatively using your leftovers. Like I said, if you're listening live. If you're on a Cyber Monday kick with us, make sure you check out our glow guides, which are 40% off as well as our deeper dives right now by using the code holiday glow. And then we also have a new subscription service for those who love the newsletter. And you know, I love writing. It is literally one of my favorite things to do reading and writing. And so we have looked at what are each of our key gifts in our family and on the ENM team. And I really love to give you an extra blast, a deep dive for your week to make sure that you guys are well fed. So Tuesday newsletter subscription for those who want extra words and extra deep dives into how you can really go through your week. Some of you are just like straight up podcasters with me. And that's my other favorite forum. 
But really, these nonverbal forms for me are just absolutely exquisite. And then I like to tap into different moments in the week with my clients to make sure I'm always actually speaking to what's happening out there in culture. So I'll always keep clients in my view, but I always really want to communicate that back to you as to how you can most efficiently work through your relationships. So for me to have that back and forth, to offer that to you, if you are interested, go grab that at enneagramandmarriage.com. And then we also have, if you're ready for that new year again, you just need like coaching every single week. We have our 52 week Enneagram and Marriage Relationship Glow Planner. I have had such a good time with Wes really walking through that ourselves each month this year. And it's honestly brought us a lot closer together. So if you just need that extra coaching for a lot less than actual coaching, then make sure you grab that as a stocking stuffer or an actual gift. And Jen is amazing at also shipping them out to you for a nominal fee if you just want to have yours actually printed, which I really wanted. Keep all that in mind today as we take on this new journey together, but don't forget to head over to enneagramandmarriage.com with the code HOLIDAYGLOW. And you can also use that code for our Glow Gala to get $10 off your ticket. Or if you're coming for two tickets, make sure you sign up for our newsletter list because we did a private sale there. So anyway, I hope you can do that. Hopefully you're getting your self-care as well as you do your Black Friday stuff or whether you're just on your next mission with work, make sure you do not forget that. I have been loving MadFit lately. Her five to 10 minute workouts to 15. Sometimes my daughter, who's the nine, will help me to do two 15s. And they're just so in depth and good and keeping us strong even when we're on a really busy day. So make sure you find one, even if it's a seven minute workout or you're doing a celery juice cleanse as I know Jen likes to do here. And those are very helpful, whatever it is to help you to really make sure that you are taking care of mind, body, heart, spirit. This is so important. Do not forget your times with God either in this time. We just started a wonderful new devotional for Advent by Tish Rider, Shadows to Light, and I love it. I am enjoying, we made Advent candles and a wreath, and it's just a special time of year if you're a person who wants a faith tradition or has one to really just allow yourself to process the awaiting, this hopeful period of time where we give our lives over to God with anticipation. Instead of it just being about the frenetic, so much more than that, it's about saying, I really want to remember to be honest and open with God. And maybe you even focus on a biblical character in this time. I know I've been focusing in on Joseph of the Old Testament. And I know my friend Tanya who came over reminded me of how her family in the Orthodox tradition focuses on a various saint. And uh, I know my friend who is Catholic told me the same thing. And it's helpful to have somebody to look up to, even if you're a non-religious person, to focus in on what are your mentors and the people you look up to saying and doing to remind you of showing love in the world. So I just want to remind you of those things in general as we pick up on our nonverbal communication with our spouses, because honestly, that personal work is such a big piece of it all. And now let's really dig into just nonverbal communication in marriage as we set up our last month of this year. I'm like quarter year, like we're in the last month of 2022 if you're listening live and we are talking about communication in your relationship all month. This is like such a great topic. So very excited to go through this with you and to learn with you. And I'm going to be sharing some reasons first why nonverbal communication is so essential 
essential. And I bet you haven't heard a lot of these because a lot of these are really nuanced tips. And then we're going to get into the practicality. So first we're talking about why this is important, nonverbal communication. And then we're talking about the how, what you can do about it. So first and foremost, I want to let you guys know something. And that is something you probably take for a basis or if you just actually subscribe to our Wednesday podcast where we do a deeper dive podcast, you might have already walked through our attachment series. So I'll just be brief here, but I wanna remind you that when we're attaching well to one another, we're really looking at acquiring beliefs about our external world and ourselves within that context. And of course, nonverbal communication is a huge part of that. How do others see me and how are they responding to me and the ways that I move through the world. So in addition to Morabian and Jeffrey Thomas and others, many researchers have really studied encoding nonverbally, including David Matsumoto, and he is a doctoral PhD. And he really reminds us that as he specializes in facial expression and gesture and emotion and culture, that we really have to work on making sure that we are good at detecting nonverbally verbals because they can tell us so much about each other. One of his specialties is noticing and researching about when people are lying and they've come to find out that just averting your gaze does not necessarily mean somebody's lying because sometimes people have neurological issues that cause that or they have mood disorders that cause this or antisocial other personality issues that cause this. But there are other indications of deceitful behaviors such as a flat affect or repetitive behaviors and motions, but again, not always. So in addition to his work, Amy Cuddy's work, you might remember us talking in the past about her with power poses and how humans truly feel better when they sit up and take on more powerful positioning in in culture. And you might see this in other primates. It's fascinating to think about what kind of of studies we've done on the nonverbals. And we're going to talk about how we need to use this in marriage. But I just wanted to start you off with this awareness that it matters. And you know, you've heard me say it's upwards of 90%. We don't have the exact figure. But let's be honest that when we have good encoding in our relationships, we have fewer complaints. And it's not always due to time factors. Sometimes we have many years together, but we're not good encoders. And you might even be married to someone or kind of just, oh, this is me thinking how one of you or both of you aren't the best at slowing down and really noticing the nonverbals. And you can really see that by the instance of somebody who just does not know how to let the other person interject in the conversation in a family or a marriage. So these are things you can already notice and be working on. And of course, not judging because we realize people have their reasons for the issues that they have that probably go very far back. But we can notice like that's what we're doing on this podcast today is we are noticing how nonverbal communication is so important to marriage. One thing I was 
always reading about in Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, that's a book that I see often by my husband's bedside and pick up, is about combating mitigation. And I also saw this in nonverbal communication research, but you know, mitigating and equivocating when we are trying to talk. And what I mean by that is not really being fully honest and making up kind phrases in order to avoid hurting somebody's feelings. These are things sometimes people with anxious attachment could do instead of being more direct and frank, which often actually more avoidant people are a bit more direct and frank, or you might be thinking Enneagram speak like, oh, two sevens and nines could be a bit more positive and mitigate more. And and maybe ones, threes, and fives could be more frank and maybe fours, fives, and nines could be more reticent. But quite honestly, attachment styles get in here too. So it, it isn't an always or never with the various types, which is why I'm not going as Enneagram heavy on this one. I just want you to get healthy. So don't don't think about your Enneagram type as much here. Think about, okay, here's the issues and why nonverbals are important. And I'm telling you right now, good encoding matters and slowing down and being able to read one another matters. And I'm going to give you more clues on that. But this combating mitigation really just means speaking up when we need to, setting boundaries when we need to, not necessarily taking a power pose, but noticing even just the ways that you can be clearer about what you need in your relationship. And one example I really love that Malcolm Gladwell gives in Outliers about this is the pilots in the cultures who were more polite having fatal crashes because they really did not speak up. And that is the same with marriage. You can have a marriage crash if you keep going on and on without sharing what's really going on underneath. And that's why sometimes we see long-term marriages with, I'm going to give an example of a very popular Enneagram type, type nine, where people don't say anything for years and then Now, I have no idea why this partner left me. So you have to be aware, not hyper vigilant, but just vigilant to save some time to communicate. I'm always talking about that with that six to 10 hours a week of just date time. But outside of that, I really like to have weekly time with my husband to chat. And yes, we've used the Enneagram and Marriage Relationship Planner, but whether you're using that or not is just important for you to set aside that time so you can be clear and not have a marriage crash, literally. Um, The other thing I want to tell you why nonverbal communication is important is because it helps you to really notice when you're being manipulated acoustically or having sensory issues because a lot of the times we don't realize when people are pulling one over us in culture or maybe not even intentionally doing that, but breaking into our boundaries as spouses and, you know, other people trying to get into your marriage or you guys with each other, not really doing deep conversations because you're not respecting one another because of the nonverbals. So your verbal inflections, even acoustically matter and your pitch matters of this. So don't be totally taken in by somebody's pitch. Don't throw somebody away because they're too slow. I know a lot of cultural research will tell us that people who have slower communication aren't as respected or maybe a female who has, we've seen a lot of studies like this, higher pitched voices aren't as respected. And then when she's using her deep guttural voice or she's going into that space of 
a deeper voice, then she may be unattractive to somebody. So it can really be a double bind where you're unattractive and less likable with the deeper voice or too shrill if they don't use the deep voice. And, and this all has to do also with our sensory processing too. So more than anything, I don't want you to toss one another out when you're having sensory overload. I want you guys to take deep breaths. If necessary, find an OT occupational therapist in your area and hire them to do some work so that you can have a more relaxed sensation and find ways you guys can really negotiate this because what a shame to be able to um, to detect when, yes, it's good, but it's also hurting relationships. We want to be able to own it. And we had an example of that in our home this past weekend with um, Wes when he said that he had somebody, one of the kids was chewing loudly when he was reading and he was able to just say, this is more about me being a type one than you, but could you stop chewing for a little while while I'm reading? And that was a great stride because it really owns some of our own stuff when we do that. And I try to do that a lot with my type seven because Wes likes me to get up early, as some of you know, and we just really are honest about it. I'm like, I would rather not get up with you, but if I'm going to get up with you, then I am either going to be putting headphones on or I'm going to be chatting with you because what I don't want to do is get up with you and have just silence between us. That doesn't work well for where I'm at in the day. And he then can choose. Does he really need to be encouraged that day? I'm happy to do it. Or does he want some quiet? And so do this kind of processing in your relationship where you can say to one another, I realize the inflection matters, but I don't hold you accountable to doing all of the work for it. I want to do some work for it too. And it's just absolutely vital because before you know this information, so many partners are just at each other's throats saying, you this, you that. And I really want to help you to take a we perspective together on this. And I this is just a frequent occurrence in my job. So I love this nonverbal research. I also love it for family work because it helps with that. And I really think that it's okay if sometimes we have that higher range voice. I know a lot of females will attune with others just naturally. That's just part of it. You know, we see a little child and we're like, oh, honey, how are you? And, you know, there are moments when this is a cue we take of whether somebody will be a partner who can nurture and, you know, uh, create a childbirth. So it's not always accurate, but we do the best we can as humans with the cues. And then sometimes women take on a deeper voice, a much harsher voice in order to throw away uh, threats to their environment and to kind of say, look, now there's a group of us women. And instead of it being high pitched, I'm going to go the deeper voice so that I can be the leader. And these are cues that are survival based. So we don't want to just ignore them. We probably couldn't stop them if we tried. But what I don't want to happen is for you guys to really miss the way that this nonverbal influences your marriage. And I think that that is very under talked about. We, we have a few tips here and there, but to go to this level, I think is often very important so that you can really look at your marriage or your relationship with your family and say, what could I do to mitigate less? What could I do to really notice more about what we're doing? What attracts us about one another? What vocal inflections do? But also just 
just focus on something that's even more important to all of this, and that is our conversation itself. So versus just communicating this way about what we prefer, even better is to say, what is the communication we're talking about? What are our verbals saying? Help me to focus in on that. You could say that to your therapist, to your um, acupuncturist. You could say that to your occupational therapist. But I want you to be saying that to one another and yourself also so that you can notice maybe you just need a nap and everyone's getting on your nerves because you haven't had some alone time in a while. Or maybe you could listen to a podcast if you would prefer some quiet or, um, and yet you you also want certain voices with you because you don't want to be lonely. But I do want to encourage you, don't just go away from everybody. Sometimes that can be my tendency is just, okay, introvert and, and be by myself, but you get lonely that way. So you want to make sure that you're loving, you're serving, you're giving, and just taking some deep breaths and leaning in. And I'm going to give you a couple more tips about how to really make sure that you espouse the three C's of nonverbal communication in your relationship. And the first of those C's developed by Dr. Jeffrey Thomas is context. So make sure you look at what is the context of the messaging that you're sending and where you're sending it, because it could be that you're actually not aware that the context is the environment and the history of this person and maybe how tired they are and what the role is, because maybe somebody talks to you this way because they're your boss and they need a certain tone or your spouse hasn't yet had their own context switching and you can say together, let's take a walk because I feel like we're still tense from our day. And notice I said we are uh, instead of you. But really just paying attention to context or you might start to notice every Thursday your spouse is burnt out or that you are. And so we now need a new way to process healthier context for you. So context cues, but also what can you do to create a healthier context? And even if it's historical context, you can say, wow, does one of us need therapy or both of us so that we can really be at our healthiest in terms of just the history that we've each shared. So it's important to look at context so that you know why somebody is communicating this way. Also, I want to add in a brief note about context is with email communication, sometimes emojis can greatly help. I was reading about an emoji developer in psychology today, and that was interesting a few weeks back. Also, the number of texts you send, pay attention Um, All caps means screaming. Pay attention to your use of punctuation. And if you seem hurried or insincere, or if you're a dry texter, uh, those can be things that can be difficult for people and find out how your people perceive you and talk about it with your spouse or your partner so that they can really shore up really well with you here. Okay, the next C of nonverbal communication is clusters. And clusters are all about making sure that you know that you're not just isolating one nonverbal communication motif. So somebody crosses their arms and then you're like, you're mad at me. But really they were just cold or they shiver and you think you're scared. And once again, they're just cold or they just thought of something really like moving and they're like, oh my gosh, that gave me chills. And you could really make a quick, I mean, you know this, millisecond uh, generalization about somebody according to Dr. Matsumoto's journey. And I think that's important that you pay attention to, okay, just 
taking a deep breath, noticing that I've got one behavior here. I'm not going to isolate it. I'm going to make sure I honor the whole entire context and this cluster. So I know, does this behavior happen a lot? And if it does, just saying, gosh, I noticed that 10 times during our conversation today, you cross your arms and it's making me think that we're both feeling some kind of a stress right now or wondering if you had a hard day. And so you'll have to nuance your own style there because each spouse is different. And once again, they may or may not like that. Um, But you'll learn, you'll learn together. And then the last C is congruence. And that's so important because it's basically looking to see do the spoken words from each of you match your tone and body language because it's so important that you notice that both for health purposes if somebody's having a health issue in your marriage but saying they're fine you want to be able to notice that that's huge also some people are just like I'm not going to tell you but you have to say like I care about you and I want to make sure you're well also um, when somebody's tired or you'll notice especially as we talk about tuning in and and leaning into your relationship and making sure you have these behaviors that John Gottman reminds us are the best divorce preventers and those are turning towards behaviors. So let me give you one more reminder here that when you are on your cell phone and your spouse is talking to you, if you're speaking care, but you're not tuned in non-verbally, they're going to notice. So I want to make sure you know that so that you can really tune in better towards them and not only be a good encoder, but a good communicator so that you can avoid crashes. You can combat that mitigation where you're just smoothing things over without going into depth. I want to make sure that you are looking at your attachment style. Make sure you do our deeper dive Wednesday podcasts if you need to really process more about your attachment style, but make sure that you are looking at how congruent you are and challenge yourself to be as stable as possible. And if there's a hormonal time in your month when you're less congruent, talk about that too. Add that in. So important with females. Wes keeps track of my hormonal schedule too. And that way we can communicate when something is a little more hormonally related or not. And that way we can negotiate that part of our month together as well of maybe I need rest or I'm tired or fatigued from that. Or maybe this is an issue we really do need to work out. And I think that it's important that that you do look at, like I said, that context and figuring that out together with your spouse and your friends and knowing how to be that person who can wait and listen. And that's hard work. It takes some regulation. So keep doing your Enneagram work too in this process. Don't give up on that. You know we have our deeper dive episodes. We have our deeper dive guides. You have your Holiday Glow $10 off coupon right now. I'm offering you a Tuesday newsletter. It's all different types of personalities that we have out there, but I'm sticking mainly to these ways of giving. And I have my coaching team if you need more one-on-one training or you and your partner and our coaches have been trained. I'm so grateful for them around the globe and they're on the Enneagram and Marriage website too, as well as our local team. So thank you so much for doing such a good job of working on your relationship non-verbally. I'm so excited for you to tune in next week to hear about how music can communicate. We're going to have so much fun talking about music. And then we're also going to be talking, of course, about flow and so many more fun December topics or whenever you are listening. I love having you and I hope that you have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.